You're listening to a podcast from RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 38. And so, Hillary finally managed to snatch victory from uh, a balding old man. Yeah, yeah, it was a big win for her. It was, but he quit belittling it, and it was inevitable. So let's just get over that already. Yeah, it was inevitable, because that old fix was in. Uh, Oh, yeah, like the rip. Republicans have a better system. If the fix had worked for the Republicans, Jeb Bush would be the nominee. So, so you know, there's... <laughs> it burned you, you leftard. <laughs> it's not that, you just... Oh, there's so much in that comment. But anyway, I think we should give a moment for Hillary to have her moment because she did make history. Yeah. Yeah, she's the first woman. She's the first woman to get a major party's nomination, yes, for president. Yeah, it's the oldest party in the world. What? Yeah. Well, all the other political parties that would have been older are long gone. And this one's been there since Andrew Jackson came into the White House. You know, the guy who killed all those Indians. Yeah, <laughs> that's irrelevant right now. What the point is, is that Hillary's made... Yeah, she did. She's made quite a bit of history because she's also the first candidate who's under investigation by the FBI. (laughs) Yeah, in your genes, Nelson, in your genes. Yeah, you're right, Lefty. It is only in a dream because, once again, the fix is in on that one, too. (laughs) What? What are you saying? She's going down and going to jail? No, I don't think so. I'm sorry, but it's just not going to happen. It should, but, you know, babies shouldn't die either, but they do. Uh, All right, all right, let's play a little bit of uh, Hillary's victory speech and uh, take a listen to that. Oh, good, finally something wonderful on this show. Milestone. Yes. First time. Yes. First time in our nation's history. That a woman will be a major party. Yes. What difference at this point does it make? Oh my god, you had to go and ruin it, Nelson. I should have known you'd pull some stupid sophomore stunt. Yeah, I couldn't help it. Oh no, no! Oops, I forgot about those. Look, it's all her. She's got to cough up all that. All right, all right. Red. No. No. Probably true. Bad enough you edited this crap. You don't need any more of your stupid, idiotic comments. Oh, a dog barking. Is that... Gee, I wonder what that means. She's a bitch. Is that what you're saying, Nelson? You misogynist bastard. Yeah, well, once again, that is her, so... Oh, God. Yes, the night does belong to us. And there's nothing you can do. I don't care what kind of stupid noises you put in there. It's not going to matter, Nelson. It's not. Because this is our moment. And there is nothing you bastards, not you, not Red, not anyone, not even Joe Conti, can stop this moment. Because Hillary Rodham. Clinton will be president. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, well, what was he doing? Yes, that's right. He was telling people that if your parents are Mexicans, you can't be a judge. Well, that's not totally... Yes, it is. That's what he said, this case. Yeah, well, he kind of walked into that one, didn't he? Oh, he walked into it. He wrote the whole script, because that's who the man is, Nelson. That's what the Republican Party is, has been, and always will be. 
Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's really terrible that he said that because he says the guy should be removed from the case because he's a Mexican based on his comments he made about his wall and all that stuff so that uh, he feels this guy is uh, biased against him. And uh, he wanted the case thrown out since the plaintiff in the case originally is kind of <laughs> done a 180. <laughs> you kind of wonder why it isn't thrown out. But uh, but then uh, this guy, his parents were originally from Mexico, but he's a born and bred American. So you really can't say he's a Mexican, but he did keep saying that. So uh, that's kind of stupid. But what do you expect, you know? What, what are you saying? Well, come on. He's not very tactful. Um and, of course, the guy had a membership in a La Raza, uh, uh, what was it, a legal foundation of some sort. That's just, it's a bit removed from the original organization. And so what? La Raza is a wonderful organization for Latinos. Yes, only Latinos. <laughs> and uh, any kind of organization that names itself the race. You got it. No, that's not what it means. Oh, oh, really? Yes, only right-wingers think that because you're so ignorant and stupid. Stupid. Of course, the dictionary does translate it as meaning the race, but it could mean other things, like... Like, yeah, like what? What, what does it mean? Well, like... like people. Uh-huh. I don't understand. Isn't that the same thing? No! It's... Just shut up! Just, just shut up! Just... No! Right? Donald Trump's a racist, and who's my witness against this? None other than Republican Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. Yeah, that's what he said. So, uh, that's a bit of a stinker there for the GOP, you know? I mean, how's he going to walk that one back? <laughs> I mean, you just said the guy's a racist, so then you're going to come back later. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, don't just brush this off, Nelson. I mean, Donald Trump has a problem with people of Hispanic origin or heritage, and it's clear that he's a threat to them, and it's terrible. It's just really horrible. We haven't seen this sort of thing since, well, you know who, and uh, the, he's bringing it back, and that's what it is. He's a terrible threat to people of color, especially those of a Latino color. Yes, that's what he is, and it's true. So if you're a Latino, this man doesn't want you around. Yeah, it's too bad this uh this little stumble of his. It's not a stumble now, since who he is. All right, all right. But um, meanwhile, uh, another Latino man had a different experience uh, with people who don't like Trump at all. Oh, yeah. What? What are you talking about? What do you mean? Our next guest is a Latino Trump supporter who actually attended Thursday night's rally and who went home with a broken nose. Well, that's what happens when Trump people get a hold of you. Looking like this. Look no, at this. No, see, Just he's the Trump supporter. See that hat and that bloody shirt? That's a Trump supporter's Juan clothes. Is a Trump uh? supporter and member of the log cabin Republicans. Juan, oh, and he's gay. What? So unfortunate. Hey, so you're, yeah, you're calm there. down, Red. I, I mentioned that the most a gay Latino there, uh, Lefty, beaten up. They were there by pro-Mexican anti-Trump guys. The candidate's racism, <laughs> his outrageous behavior in their view, and in response to that perception, they came after you, another Latino who happens to see Mr. Trump a different <laughs> way, and tell us what they did. <laughs> right, so just walking, you turn down the street and come down behind the, the way that the cops led us. And out of nowhere, just protesters start coming up to us, sucker punching and... Uh, I think there's about three or four on me um, who were doing it. They were carrying American flags. Well, they're making it look um, like all the violence is from. Flag, the yeah, it flag. is. It's all from the other and side. It's all from the anti-Trump people. There's about three or four of them on me, and then <laughs> on my friend also. Were, were there any police in sight? Uh, as we were walking, there, yeah. the police had dissipated, and they there weren't that many. Well, they were probably off murdering they, young black men. The the, um, no, nah, they were pretty anymore. much under orders from the like, mayor not to right, get involved, right, so because this is all and Trump's it, fault. The well, were picking up it probably is. And, and Trump's and very provocative. He made these people do this. If you're going to go in there with the Trump hat, well, you're just asking for it. She went and talked to the police and someone that was standing there, and she said, so why aren't you doing anything? And the officer said we were told to have a stand down by the police chief and mayor. 
And <laughs> I don't doubt that. Like, I don't doubt that she had reported that, mm -hmm. that she said that because when we no, were looking around. No, it's true. That's what he said. We saw that. We saw the cops just standing And then there. he said that everything was Trump's fault. It is. And his rhetoric. And there's no question right. he said some controversial things, including about a Hispanic judge. He's an American of Hispanic heritage. Exactly. So, uh, See? This so this guy needed to get beat up because of that? Like well, you it's a, you it's an for atmosphere. It by that by great hat it creates a and culture of violence. That's what he does. Uh, has taken positions very, very mainstream on a number of issues and very acceptable uh, to the large Well, I wouldn't pick no less from faux news. Right. So so we had the, the Trump supporting hats on it. And even if we uh, well, there you antagonize go. Her, but even if we were to antagonize them, it still does not warrant what they did. But and, 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 uh, well, people might find you antagonizing after you're going to go ahead and accept that fat lip safety, and broken nose. Right? <laughs> That's his main <laughs> And it seems like Mayor Licardo had his biases just because it was against um, Donald Trump. Well, so what do you make of this? You know, is. in the wake of the Trump dust up last week with the judge, so many people have said he's not going to get a single Hispanic vote, not a single Latino will vote for Donald no, Trump. No, he will. You beg to differ. Tell us why. What? So I, I, I like Donald Trump. He's my. Oh my um, God. Going to be the candidate. I think I'm going to be sick. Chief, so I think he'll he'll do the best job. Oh. People kind of come at me about you know the met the wall and that I'm Hispanic and yeah. Um, it's it was, why would someone listen to somebody who's really cheating? difficult? But coming what? out as like a Trump Republican supporter was far more um, difficult. Yeah, you're a cheater, you bastard! Well, I can beginning to see what he means there. Like the border, looks like it is harder to be a Trump supporter for him. You know, you know. He's a traitor. Exactly, you're making his point. What? Drug cartels. And if I support it there, I have to be unbiased. And if they move it to Mexico, just because it's my heritage, I still have to look at it as as for the general good of the nation. Wow. And and I get backlash. Thank you for coming on and telling your story. You look you look great. Thank you. All the best to you. I appreciate that, Megan. Okay. Thank you. Oh, it's enough of that crap. We can turn this off. You disagree with it? Oh, hang on. What? Oh, I'm looking at Megan. Oh my! You're gonna see all after all this crap I had to sit through. You're gonna sit here and objectify this woman. I know you don't understand anything like that. Okay, to wrap this up, uh, basically, um, some. Mexican flag waving uh, thugs beat up Trump supporters, and then Trump said something nasty, which is far worse and an egregious crime against humanity. And so that's how the world works. And you're wondering <laughs> why this guy got nominated. <laughs> what? Now, wait a minute. The, uh, I mean, uh, you know, obviously I don't know much about fashion and all that. Oh, yeah, that's kidding. Yeah, well, what, does this mean that, uh, you know, them red uh, Make America make, make America Great Again hats, uh, does that mean, you, you know, you're gay? No, no, Red, you don't have to worry about that. That's what you got out of that. Uh, well, what, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, this is just totally unfair. You're painting an entire party by the actions of a handful of people who, uh, granted, went a little overboard in reaction to their oppression. But uh, that's just no way to broad brush an entire party like that. It's not fair. Well, maybe you kind of have a point there, uh, Lefty. I mean, it's like uh, we can't say the Tea Party's the Klan or the Nazis just because they had one picture of a guy walking around with a swastika and marks a lot on a sign or something like that. No, that's, that proves what the Tea Party's all about. Uh -huh. Well, you know, uh, let's take a look at what went on at the DNC's uh, National Convention Platform hearing. Uh, they a bunch of... A bunch of uh, luminaries of the Democratic Party meet together, and the members of that that uh, platform or committee, uh, they discuss what the platform's going to be and what that uh, defines what the Democratic Party is going to be all about. And uh, you can expect Bernie wanting to have some sort of uh, influence on that uh, as some sort of consolation prize for his campaign. Anyway, uh, here we get into the subject of Texas, and we have a Heather Boucher, <laughs> Heather Boucher, from the Washington Center for Equitable Growth, and she's the executive director and chief economist of this group, and anyway, uh, she gave a, 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 a few words on taxes, what we can 
expect from a Hillary Clinton administration, I believe. And let me end this by, by noting um, uh, Emmanuel Saez, uh, one of the nation's foremost tax experts, is on my paper with a couple of his colleagues a few years ago, yeah. really documenting that we could, and get this, hold on to your seats, okay. raise taxes at the top by upwards of 80% and not have any negative effect on economic growth. Exactly. Now, granted, that's an empirical paper. It's modeling exercise. I think that what we're learning from yes. the most cutting-edge um, serious empirical, empirical of what magic there's a lot of room to what? do more at the top what it is it's about at the top Nelson they, 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 they're not paying their fair share so their fair share is 80% of everything they, they've earned so their income 80% of that goes to the government at the top it, it won't have any effect she just said it's an empirical data empirical of what each other's assholes I mean she, she doesn't go into detail of that and I mean, this is, she's just described impossibility. You could take a bucket of water, basically, is what she's saying, and then drop a rock, rock in it. And, and the water is up to the brim. And you drop that rock in it. And she's just telling you that the water will not spill over. Now, that's a physical impossibility. It's the same thing here. The idea that they would have no economic impact from uh, people's incomes that you take 80% of it out. I mean, that, that's insane. She's talking about the top. <laughs> God, she. <laughs> You're not listening to me. It's only the people at the top, and they're not paying their fair share. They would have more money for the programs that are necessary to fulfill the needs of the people as a whole, and for the economic justice necessary for those who don't make it to the top. And then it could be spread around, so their needs could be met, and you know, uh, it could help for uh, income inequality. Uh, yeah, ending income inequality because that is a serious issue that must be addressed. If whatever you're doing and whatever you earn and you have to give up 80% of it, are you going to bother to do the same toil and operations that you did before for absolutely nothing? What? Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, the IRS brings in about $2 trillion a year. It's not enough, apparently. Uh, they spent $22 trillion in total on the Great Society programs, doing what you believe in, Lefty, and it's still not enough. And there's not enough millionaires, certainly not enough, and certainly not enough uh, billionaires to tax them 80% to make up for this. It's not going to amount to that. And, and then, like, again, they're not going to keep making the same amount of income if you tax 80% this year. Next year, they'll have less. So then, <laughs> it's just, it's not going to work that way. You talk about, did you ever hear about the golden goose? Jeez Louise. What? Yeah, so the definition of the top, well, that's going to expand. You know, it's going to expand way beyond millionaires, you know, because it always does. And still, they're going to come up short. What? Yeah. And so you single out one person now, say, like, this is the whole other party again. So, big deal. I mean, uh, uh, clearly a very uh, intellectual person, I believe, and uh, quite striking, too. I wonder if she's seeing anyone. <laughs> My lefty, are you objectifying Miss Boucher? D no, I'm appreciating the goddess within her. Yeah, whatever. Jeez Louise. Yeah, she's perfect for you, lefty. Yeah, what's that supposed to be? Well, you know, she's got the whole style I think you're into and uh, a weird lisp. And, uh, yeah, uh, there you go. Now you're denigrating her attributes like that. And it's disgusting and it shows... Just who you really are, Mr. Nelson. Oh, another esteemed uh, intellectual titan was well, Professor Emeritus Cornell West. How do you get to be a Professor Emeritus uh, where you don't have to actually teach a class anymore? I don't even know if you even have to be on campus, but you still get a paycheck. That's a sweet deal. Anyway, he was there, and his big thing was, you know, we got to wipe out Israel. <laughs> Israel has been very oppressive in their occupation of Palestine. And those poor Palestinians, they have nowhere to go and they keep beating up on them. It's terrible. They need to push for a Palestinian state so they can have their own homeland and they will have peace. Well, they've only tried that, like, for decades. And the Palestinians just throw it all back in their face. 
I mean, and speaking, you know, Hillary Clinton's going to be your, your is your nominee. So uh, back when her husband was president, uh, he wanted to have this great moment where they would finally resolve that deal. You know, they had it uh, written down. They had the maps all ready to go. Israel had agreed to give up ninety percent of the uh, disputed territories, and that's pretty damn good in any deals. I mean, ninety percent. Hey, that's even better than the eighty percent of taxes you want to steal. So. Uh, had it already. Ehud Barak was there, and uh, Clinton wanted to have his big moment where they were all going to shake hands with Yasser Arafat, so it could be like uh, when Carter did that deal between uh, Israel and Egypt. And uh, this was going to cement Clinton's legacy, and he wouldn't have to worry about that <laughs> stupid blue dress and the cigars and all that. <laughs> Unfortunately, Arafat threw it back in his face. And then not long after that, he began the Second Intifada, which was two years of mass murder, which ended with 9-11, because then they realized, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh-oh. Maybe things uh, went too far here. Oh, oh, oh. Well, of course, uh, the war footing of America only lasted about a year, really. Well, we'll talk about that in another episode. Y yeah, shut up, Lefty. Uh, <clears throat> no! I mean, there you get, you screw up the real story there, Nelson. The reason the Intifada got started back then was because... Ariel Cerrone went around and walked in front of the Dome of the Rock in that territory, and it offended the Muslims there. They were in such enraged that they had to fight back. They just couldn't take it anymore. So there you go. That's what started that. Yeah. Uh, an old man took a walk. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really more respectable, huh? Yeah, I mean, just get out of here. That's enough of this shit. They've had... Opportunity after opportunity, and they've thrown it away. I, you know, I, I'm done. You know, Israel could take the whole thing as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. It's a few miles of dirt. Why should people should be dying over that amount of useless real estate? I don't know, but that's their business. And I think Israel has been far more accommodating than Palestine, which has done nothing. And uh, so, you know, they made their bed and they can lay in it. Oh my God, this is just absolute hatred. I can't believe you. I mean, oh my God, this is Terrible. Uh, you know, if Israel was even a fraction of as bad as Cornell West believes it is, there wouldn't be any Palestinians left. Oh, God, the things you believe in. <sighs> well, wait a minute. Jews do control all the money, right? Red. Hey, I'm just saying, I've seen some things. I know some things. Oh, God. Wait. Red, just... Chill out there. I, you know, there's beer in the icebox, so. What? Oh, right. All right. I'll be back in a second. Oh, well, that's convenient, Nelson. Shut up, Lefty. Damn it. Well, now that we're going off into weird lands of bizarre right-wing theories and whatnot, I suppose next you'll be telling me that the Democrats are coming for your guns. Uh, keep that down. That'll get red all excited. Uh, well, yeah, well, the door's shut. Okay, good. Uh, well, it is funny you should mention that, uh... Uh, lefty, because uh, the subject did come up at the uh, DNC platform uh, meeting. I do believe that you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Not just keeping the guns out of the hands of mentally ill people mm -hmm. and, and, and criminals, but yeah. I really don't personally think anyone should have a gun. But, I mean, just, that's but, just my own, you know, yeah. you know philosophy. Uh, nothing is ever uh, solved, you know, when when you have a gun in your hand. Except well, exactly. You know, the worst possible scenario. Yeah, like when uh, guns were used against the Nazis. Does Hitler justify everything, Nelson? Does he justify everything? Evil does. What? <laughs> Oh, good lord. Well, you know, I just, I guess I'm done. Yeah, you are, because uh, there's somebody at the DNC platform committee meeting, and uh, she doesn't think you should own guns. Now, in a, in a sense there, she's right, for her. <laughs> she shouldn't have a gun at all, because she's crazy. Oh, again, that's just what? She's the DNC platform committee. What? Exactly. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com.
Oh man, I shouldn't have drank that extra lemonade. Jeez, maybe there's a rest stop somewhere up here, somewhere. Oh, wait, what? There we go. What's this? It piss and shits. Yes, that's right. Whenever and wherever nature calls, you can answer her at piss and shits. Our bathroom facilities are second to none, and unlike most, we don't just have toilet paper, but butt wipes as well. Strange man staring at me from under the other stall. What? Who are you? Hello there. I'm former Senator Larry Craig. I just want to watch you pee. So when you're on the go, on the road, and you gotta go, try out piss and shits. I'll be waiting for you. Thursday, June 16th, Friday, June 17th, and Saturday, June 18th. See the Reverend Bob Levy and friends at an 8 p.m. show at the Funny Stop Comedy Club in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Tickets and info at funnystop.com. Friday, June 24th, 8 p.m. show. See the Reverend Bob Levy with Ed McGonigal at Mays Landing Country Club in Mays Landing, New Jersey. Dinner at 6 p.m., comedy show at 8 p.m. Call 609-652-9500 for tickets. Saturday, July 9th, see Joe Conti, 9 p.m. show at Jackie Keelan's in Keensburg, New Jersey. $10 tickets online, $15 that night at the door. Tickets and more info at july9thcomedy.eventbrite.com or simply go to joeconti.com. When you were a child, did you ever have nightmares about creepy old hags tormenting you? Well, then this short film just might have answers for you. The film Care of Hair and Nails is about some creepy old broad obsessed with personal hygiene. No, not her own, but the personal hygiene of children. Using her demonic powers of invisibility, she's determined to make children as obsessive as her. <laughs> Do enjoy, and remember to wash between meals, otherwise the old hag will get you. Once again, this riff of mine of this wonderful short film contains music by Kevin MacLeod, just like this ad does. So please download this cinematic treat for a mere 90 cents at selfie.com slash Nelson. That's selfie, S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash Nelson, N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Selfie.com slash Nelson. Uh, this is Bubo from Night Night, uh, and you're listening to The Mr. Nelson Show. <laughs> In our last episode, Night Night and Bubo were attempting to transport a police informant to their own version of protective custody. When this happened, keep your eyes peeled, Bobo. Every nook and cranny can be the possible nest of an assassin. What's the worst that could happen? Oh, oh shit, Bobo. You got Freako shot. I didn't shoot him. I don't even have a gun. No, you idiot. We've got to act fast. I know. I'll call the night cruiser over here by remote control. It's just a few steps away. We can make it on foot. No, Bobo. Time is of the essence. And so, Night Night activates the remote control device that brings the night cruiser roaring to their position. Unfortunately, it runs over San Francisco's wounded body, damaging it even more than the assassin's bullets did. Oh, oh shit, Bubo! Oh, no, I told you! Shut up, Bubo! Damn it! Ned Boss, I don't think we gotta worry about Frico no more. And now, part two where we find ourselves at Cityopolis Memorable Hospital. And there, we find Night Night and Bubo questioning the doctor on staff. So, doctor, how is he? 
Well, aside from the brain damage that's leaving him pretty much a drooling vegetable, and of course the destruction to his spine, which has left most of his body paralyzed, he's fine. Unbeknownst to Night Knight and the Doctor, around the corner a shadowy figure is observing Night Knight Bubo and the Doctor. Fine. Well, he won't be for long. Well, I guess the work's done here, huh, Night Knight? Not so fast, Bubo. We can't leave this informant, because if we do, the killer will strike again. What? You mean he's going to come here to the hospital? That's right, Bubo. And finish the job. Come on, we gotta go to Frico's room. And in Frico's room! Look at him just laying there, Bubo. Oh, helpless and unpredicted. Just as the killer will expect him to be. What are we gonna do? Quick. Help me get him out of the bed. We're gonna, uh, let's see, hide him under it. Okay. <clears throat> Come on. Uh, yeah. Alright, get him under there. Get him under there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, damn, he's heavy. Uh. Come on. <laughs> damn load. Think you could help us in helping to save your life? Get in there. <clears throat> there. Alright. There. Now. I'm going to take his place and hide under these covers, and you can, uh, hide in the bathroom. Uh, it stinks like pee and poo in there. I ain't going in there. Get in that bathroom, boy! Now! No! And now, I must lay down and await the cold, steely grip of death. People just don't appreciate the risks I take in the pursuit of justice. I fell asleep. Oh, oh, that was close. Wait. The door just opened. Getting closer. Ever closer. Closer still. Now's the time to strike. Take that vile villain. Woman. I'll admit, I didn't expect a female assassin, but well. Assassin? What? I'm his nurse, you moron! A clever disguise, to be sure, but not enough to fool the night knight. What? Who are you? This is an assassination. Don't nobody move. Okay. Where's the patient? Good lord. Seeing as how you just walked in here, holding that pistol, I must conclude that you are the hitman. Yeah, great going there, wise guy. Yeah, you just bought yourself some bullets. Now, both of you, get up against that wall. Now, wait a minute. You, you can't do this. Oh, my God. No, no. No, no. Then, once again, when backed into a corner, Night Knight is at his most dangerous. He quickly reaches to his night belt and pulls out a night grenade, which he activates, tossing it in front of the hitman and then covering himself, which the nurse then struggles to get behind him to get some cover from him, too. And when the smoke clears, it is the Night Knight that stands victorious over a much devastated room with a now gaping hole in the wall that leads to the outside world. Let that be a lesson to villains and criminals everywhere. Oh my god! I think that meat hanging from the ceiling was him! A fitting end for his kind. What the hell's going on? Night Knight! What are you doing here? Saving the life of your informant, Commissioner. Informant? Where? Good lord! Is that him crumpled under the bed? How do you get there? Uh, well, who knows what sick means the uh, killer was going to use to... Well, wait a uh, minute, the killer didn't do that. He, he was already there when I got in here. Well, there could be more of them. Uh, nine, nine, just get out of here. Just go. Get! No, sure, you can't wait to take full credit of my endeavor. Very well, Commissioner. You go right ahead, you glory hound. <laughs> I can't take another moment in here. Golly! <laughs> Yeah, why didn't anybody flush around here? Yeah, boo let's go. What is the meaning of all of this? Who are you? Why, I'm Dr. Gore. I'm overseeing this patient. Well, your patient has barely survived an assault by this pantyhose-clad idiot. That, that's a lie! I just saved his life from a hitman. You'll find pieces of him splattered all over the room. And besides, these aren't pantyhose, they're spandex. There's a very big difference. Good lord. All right. Get this man out of here and on a gunny. We've got to take him into surgery immediately. Do you think you can save him, Doctor, and help him recover enough so that he can speak with us? Don't worry, Commissioner. 
He's in good hands, or my name isn't Dr. Gore. And now, it's time for City City News Special Report, now live. Because if it's not now, it's not live. And now, here's Wiener Wanker. Hello, I'm Wiener Wanker. Earlier today, Cityopolis Police Department suffered a fatal loss. Yes, turns out that San Francisco was their only informant to the infamous Snakehead Gang. Sadly, he passed away during surgery this afternoon. He had suffered an assassin's bullet, but also several assaults from night-night, which also left his hospital room a devastated, bombed-out ruin, after which a Dr. Gore performed immediate surgery on him. Unfortunately, he passed away during surgery. On a side note, hospital staff just suddenly realized they didn't have a Dr. Gore on staff, and no one's seen or heard from him since. But still, authorities believe the chief blame for this disaster goes to... Night-Night. I'll have more after this. Oh no! Did Night-Night bungle this? And who the hell is Dr. Gore? Perhaps we'll find out in the next exciting episode of Night-Night. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? Next time on My Brother's Keeper. <laughs> yeah, people say I'm stupid stuff, but come on, man. You're not going to pull the wool over my eyes on that one. You can't tell me we ever went to the moon. I mean, look at that thing. I mean, I know it's bigger than the other dots in the sky, but you can't fit a spaceship on that thing. It's too small. I just oh, came back uh, from my lawnmower. I was going to do the yard job you were supposed to do, but you didn't. You only did it half-assed. Well, uh, yeah, shut up and listen. I sat on it, and that seat was soaking wet. Now I got a wet ass. <laughs> well, uh, shut up. Uh, Did you leave my lawnmower outside? Well, yeah. Did you leave my lawnmower outside? <laughs> Next time on My Brother's Keeper. On TLC. Will you girls believe in reincarnation? Answer me, you whores. All right, come on now. What are you talking? Too good to talk to a puppet, huh? I hope your next shit is square. Our pal, the late great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us, but his legacy of laughs lives on at AutoandGeorge.com. There you can find his DVDs, T-shirts, and all things Otto and George at AutoandGeorge.com. Warrior Point Inc. was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you are still serving. If you served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, or National Guard, you are welcome as a member of Warrior Point. So join their ranks to support one another and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our nation. Go to warriorpoint.org. That's warriorpoint with point ending in an e dot org. And now, back to the Mr. Nelson Show, here on RadioMisfits.com. All right, we're back with me, Lefty, yeah, and Red. Uh, <coughs> What's the uh, matter, Red? Uh, I noticed on the schedule you're going to do one of the Mighty Queer reports. Yeah, I got a story about it. Well, yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, just let me know, because I don't want to be around when you're doing that. I had enough gay stuff with the, uh, the protests and whatnot, and I, that's all I can take, and that's all she wrote. Now I'll be out of here. 
Yeah, all right. I'll give you the warning. Oh, my God. What? Uh, dare I use the term, which I rarely do because I don't believe in its context, but at this point, I suppose I have to say it. What a sissy. You won't step outside? Is that a threat? Do I need to call the police on this? That is a threat, and I can have you locked up for that! All right, shut up! God! Lefty, didn't you have something to... Oh, yes, yes. My book is coming out, and it'll be available in all the usual places, you know, Amazon and what have you. Uh, you can get it digital and, of course, in hardback and eventually uh, softcover, too, so that'll be nice. Well, what's it about? Well, it's called The Beta Life. But, I don't... The Beta Life? Yes. I mean, the, the history of humanity has been dominated by what we refer to as the Alpha Male, when it clearly appears to be that the Beta Male is the evolutionary uh, outcome and future of mankind. Oh, God, I slipped up. I mean, humanity. Well, I mean, as it pertains to men, so I think men should follow the beta example, and that's why I've written a book about it, along with my girlfriend. Girlfriend? Well, all right, ex-girlfriend. We we broke up, and, uh... That's because you dried her up is drier than the Sahara. Red! Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I guess that'll be the blurb for the book. <laughs> Look, we need to understand to be empathetic with women and understand them because they take a huge burden in life that we don't fully comprehend because we're not them. And so that's why I decided to uh, write this book, which is helpful to men, of course, to understand their, their female companions, but also for women so that they could know they're not alone, that there is a voice out there that understands them and that the great apology that men owe them. Wait a minute. Is that there, the the cover to the book? Yes. Is that you wearing a bra and panties? Well, yes, that's when me and my girlfriend were on a slut walk, and I participated in that. You, you walked around in public in bra and panties? Yes, and I had the word slut written in, in lipstick on my stomach, because it made a point, Nelson, we're not going to be shamed, and I'm going to stand with women in their attempts and necessary mission to uh, stamp down slut-shaming. Yeah, whatever. I guess that's detailed in the book. Yes, and I, if I may, I, I'll, I'll read an excerpt from that particular chapter about the, the uh, slut work uh, event. Oh, Lord. Like I All said, right. I'm out. I'm out of here. I can't take no more gay shit. All right, here we go. Um, So, we were worried about a little bit of rain, but it turned out to be a beautiful day, and what a perfect day, as if the very heavens were going to bear witness to our statement in the slut walk. Hand in hand we walked, both of us in our bra and panties, both with our exclamations brazenly written on our skin as we toiled forward, marching against the patriarchy's power structure that could no longer stand and put us down. And then that's when we interrupt this program to bring you this special news bulletin. The victim, battered with American flag, burka-clad assailant, jailed on misdemeanor raps. A woman, clad in a burka, attacked a Georgia homeowner with an American flag that was flying in front of the victim's home. According to cops, Aisha Ibrahim, 30, emerged Tuesday morning from a wooded area adjacent to victim Damiano's home in Lawrenceville, a city about 30 miles northeast of Atlanta. Arno told police that Ibrahim, whose eyes were only visible, walked up to her mailbox and pulled the flag out of it. Armed with the flag, which was attached to a four-foot-long PVC pipe, Ibrahim then advanced on Arno in a threatening manner, swinging the post and flag at her, hitting her with it. As Arno's two children sought to help their mother, Ibrahim was able to get one of her shoes off and struck and struck Arno's teenage daughter in the head. A neighbor subsequently entered the fight and was able to hold the suspect until the police department arrived. Ibrahim was arrested on a pair of battery counts and was booked into the Gwinnett County Jail. A third misdemeanor charge was later filed against Ibrahim after police determined that she gave them a phony name, which was... Amina Ali Ara, 
Uh, police have not determined a motive for the alleged flag attack. Gee, I wonder what it could be. In a Facebook post, Arno expressed frustration that Ibrahim is not facing a hate crime charge. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know why. Uh, a Muslim woman tore my flagpole down this morning and attacked me and my daughter with it. After the fight, she was charged with simple battery on two counts, nothing else. No hate crime, no destruction of property, no criminal trespassing, nothing. In a post this morning, Arno uploaded a photo of a sweater-clad Fred Rogers with the caption, Mr. Rogers didn't adequately prepare me for the people in my neighborhood. No, no, I guess not. Meanwhile, here's a story from Ibrahim's culture. ISIS burns 19 Yazidi girls alive in iron cages for refusing to be sex slaves. On Thursday, 19 Yazidi girls who refused to have sex with their Islamic State militant captors were barbarically burned alive in iron cages in front of hundreds of people in Mosul. They were punished for refusing to have sex with ISIS militants, human rights activist Abdullah Amala told ARA News. The 19 girls were burned to death while hundreds of people were watching, said another witness. Nobody could do anything to save them from the brutal punishment. In the summer of 2014, ISIS radicals took control of the Yazidi region of Shingle in northern Iraq, resulting in nearly 400,000 people fleeing to Duhok and Erbil in Iraqi Kurdistan. Tens of thousands of Yazidis remain trapped in Mount Sinjar, suffering mass killings, kidnappings, and rape cases, according to local and military sources. It's estimated that there were upwards of 3,000 Yazidi girls who have been captured as sex slaves by Islamic State jihadists. Officials from both the United Nations and Human Rights Watch have called on the Islamic terrorist group to release the captured girls. The longer they are held by ISIS, the more horrific life becomes for Yazidi women. Bought and sold, brutally raped, their children torn from them, said HRW's Sky Wheeler. The Kurdistan regional government estimates that ISIS in Iraq and Syria is holding 1,800 abducted women and girls while the U.N. puts the number at 3,500 Yazidis. As the Daily Wire reported in March, ISIS is barbarically gaining maximum use of their female sex slaves by forcing them to take birth control pills and aborting their babies, since the Islamic radicals maintain that a sex slave's womb must be empty in order to rape her. Women and girls from the Yazidi religious minority were targeted here, too. But apparently an American flag is offensive to a Muslim woman in a burqa. Oh, yeah, and Human Rights Watch, uh, asking them to just return the girls, that's not going to work. You're going to have to force them to do it. They're monsters. Don't expect them to be reasonable. Don't expect them to negotiate. That's not what they do. You treat them like the monsters they are, you kill them, and try to save as many of the girls you can by force. All right, how about some good news? Business owner stops burglar by shooting him. A business owner at work during a burglary watched as four masked suspects started stealing his cash and responded with gunfire. It happened this morning at 4.30 a.m. at a business in the 10300 block of Plano Road. The suspects gained access to the building by prying open the front door. The business owner was in an upstairs room and heard the ruckus. He then walked downstairs and fired his handgun at the suspects who ran from the building to a nearby vehicle and sped off. 30 minutes later, after the burglary, Jacob E. Tremone McCoy, 29, was dropped off alone at Doctor's Hospital. Hospital staff saw that McCoy was suffering from gunshot wounds and notified police. Evidence collected at the scene, at the hospital, and witness testimony provided detectives with sufficient probable cause to charge McCoy with the burglary on Plano Road. He is hospitalized in critical condition. The business owner was not injured. <laughs> well, there you go, see? Good news after all. But of course, no one ever is able to defend themselves with a gun, are they? No. No. It always ends in a bad way, doesn't it? You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. have dozed off in front of the TV again. Well, better just get up and go to bed. What? My hand? It, it's glued to my ass. What the? 
Wait a minute. <laughs> Kinsel's done it to me again. <laughs> yes, when you employ the services of Kinsel Heating and Plumbing, you get a prankster for life. Whether it's exploding whoopee cushions, electroshock showers, or finding cans of your least favorite orange soda nailed to every telephone pole on your street, you're gonna know what it's like to have a special pal who never forgets you. So when you need the best in heating and plumbing and the occasional surprise goof, Kinsel Heating and Plumbing is for you. If you attempt to sue Kinsel Heating and Plumbing for any damages resulting from gags and jokes, remember, we know where you live. Well, I'm telling you, Mr. Cranston, there's some mighty queer things in these here swamps. If I was you, I wouldn't stay one second longer. Watch out. And now, it's time for that special report that's mighty queer. A girl lost her race to a boy who thinks he's a girl. In case you missed it, boys are now allowed to compete against girls in female sports in the name of equality. Seems fair, right? One mother who has personal experience with such faux equality is crying foul. Jennifer Van Pelt's high school freshman daughter was bumped off Alaska's track and field female state finals podium for a boy. As the Daily Wire previously reported, and this is where I'm getting the story from, a boy who self-identifies as a girl, Natafun Wang Yacht, competed in Alaska's female track and field state finals on Friday. The male athlete from Haynes High School cleaned up, taking home all state honors. <laughs> <laughs> he competed in the 100-meter and 200-meter track events, taking fifth and third place, respectively. Wang Yacht, a male senior, competed against girls as young as ninth grade, while some hailed Wang Yacht as a hero with the trans movement. Others suggested, like Van Pelt, that this so-called act of equality only slighted biological females who now have to unfairly compete against males. One commenter on Facebook sounded off. A male DNA athlete was on the podium today taking the place of a naturally born female. He bumped Aurora Wachowski off the award stand. She has been top three since freshman. As a parent, I would have been livid. Apparently, Wang Yacht replied. If your kids have attitude and practice enough, it gonna be more fun. That's when Van Pelt let her feelings really be known. If you were directing your comments towards me and my daughter, I think you need to reevaluate what you said, Ice, wrote Van Pelt. She is a phenomenal... I don't know what the Ice thing is for. She is a phenomenal runner for a female. She happens to be the fastest female in the Matsu Valley, and she's a freshman. Obviously, she's at a disadvantage to you because she was not born with the physical attributes you were as a male. It's 100% science. Men are physically different than females. Your times would not allow you to compete with the boys at state. So you don't start casting stones telling me my daughter isn't good enough. Because she is. The angry mother has continued to voice her dissatisfaction over the injustice. At our state track and field meet, they award medals and a spot on the podium to the top four. Allison placed fifth. We had no idea she was running against a male until the, after the race was over. Let's see, she couldn't tell, so how could you... Shut up, Lefty, goddammit. Uh, she was upset. How do you explain to her that not only does she need to train to beat her fellow female athletes now, she should also train to beat the males? Van Pelt continued, stating the obvious. Boys will have an unfair advantage competing in girls' athletics. I believe parents and athletes alike should be worried. Transgender males being allowed to compete in female events are being afforded an unfair advantage, she said. Males are physically different than females. That's a scientific fact. Hormones and body modification cannot change that. Today, it's one transgender athlete. Tomorrow, it could be half the field. Van Pelt is clearly correct here, both speaking from anecdotal evidence and biological reality. Still, don't expect the left to acknowledge this injustice. Instead, be prepared to fully cooperate with fiction, as biological females pay the price. Yeah, but don't you forget what I said, Mr. Cranston. Mighty queer things in these here swamps. Mighty queer. So if I was you, I'd get out. And I'd get fast. Goodbye, all. Idiot. This has been The Mighty Queer Report.
quite a few times I've mentioned uh, on this show that I am a terrible insomniac. And uh, so uh, sleep is a uh, fleeting prize. Uh, and uh, on a few episodes a while back when I was uh, interviewing Stacy Pressman, I mentioned that I got into this thing called ASMR videos. It's a very bizarre thing. Some people think it's a sexual thing, and I suppose at some level it must be because I only like uh, uh, the female videos. <laughs> I've seen that there are some men doing it, and I got no interest in that. Uh, a lot of this comes out of uh, part of my problem is that my, my mind never shuts up. And uh, a lot of times I have, a, sometimes it was the TV, it used to be uh, the radio, and it was the old Art Bell show. Then George Norrie took over and ruined it. Um you know, all those, because his was just like UFO and ghost stories, and that's all I saw it as. But uh, George Norrie came in with his 9-11 conspiracy theories and all that crap, and I just, no, that's not fun to me. Uh, and it wasn't going to put me to sleep. All it did was get me mad. So uh, so uh, I was always obsessed with old-time radio stories, and uh, specifically like uh, uh, detective stories and stuff like that, and those were sort of drawn on, and uh, I would go to sleep to that. I guess it's like being read a story like a child. <laughs> but anyway, uh, eventually I came across this ASMR thing. And apparently it has something to do that you get. They call it a tingly feeling. And I guess that's true. Uh, but mostly it's, for me it's just to go to sleep. Uh, and I'm comforted by the female voice. Y you know, when it's not you know railing and ranting and nagging at you. Because you know, sometimes I can be like uh, fingernails on the chalkboard. But uh, sweet, soft voices... Uh, do have that hypnotic trance feeling, and I drift off to sleep. Because uh, sometimes I, I even need help uh, just just to take a nap. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so I would use these uh, these videos, and I discovered they're all over YouTube. And so I figured I'll review a few of the uh, different channels and people who who do these. So I'll start with the first one, and, and she's pretty good. And hers her channel is called ASMR requests so i guess if you send her a message she'll do some sort of video because a lot of times a lot of these are like a uh, role playing they'll play like they're a nurse or uh, uh someone giving you a haircut and and other times they're i don't know uh demonstrating how to paint something or all kind of stuff like that and uh that's that's pretty much what it is you know it's it's an, and they always do it with a soft whisper type thing and um so so anyway, ASMR request is her, her name on her uh, YouTube channel, and uh, I don't know, I forget how I found this, but this was the first one I found, and uh, she this was some video called Thrifty Thursday Face Brushing. Um, I don't know something about makeup Hi or guys. something. I don't know. She uh, welcome to another whatever. Thursday. I don't even care what it was when about. Um, but uh, tingly items to share. With uh, a good little video and just her, her whispery voice and off I went. So I yeah, so if I was going to recommend one, I, I would recommend this one. Uh, she's done some others where she's like uh, taking your portrait and stuff like that and then coming in to uh, uh, give advice about cleaning the house or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just that soft hypnotic tone that drifts you off to sleepy land. So I don't even care what the video is about. Uh, because the videos, just as for themselves, if you're going to stay awake and watch it in total, it's bad shit crazy stuff. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, you know, so. But uh, for putting to sleep, yeah, works. At least for me, anyway. Uh, after a while, some of them, they get, you, you start recognizing some of the things and it gets old and you have to move on to another one. Fortunately, uh, these guys do a lot of them. And uh, so she's got this one. And uh, that's what I started off with. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So uh, I, I'll do more reviews of these in future episodes of The Nelson Show. And so, but so first is ASMR requests. It's uh, with the ASMR in caps and then in lower caps, the word requests. And there you go. Of course, uh, you don't have to read anything into it, but most of the ladies doing these are very lovely. But, uh, well, that, that's just a coincidence. And uh, so, yeah. So uh, so this was the first one I saw of hers. Uh, and uh, I guess I was hooked right then and 
there, you know, and and uh, I've seen some others. I subscribed to her channel, and uh, and then that you know there were others off to the side, and I checked those. I looked it up. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. <coughs> what difference at this point does it make? What?